The book of Acts is marked by the miraculous. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, God used miracles to bless his people and advance his kingdom. In 2023, we believe in God for miracles that will testify of his love and power. So we can know him and let him be known. Well, good morning, church. Good morning. It's so good to see you. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I'm a, I like feedback a little bit, so you can clap. You can whoop whoop a little bit. Um, thank you. Um, it's so great to see you. I missed last week, and I do not like missing you guys. Um, I was sick, and I was so upset that I could not be with my church family. I texted Pastor Ben, and I was like, I'm feeling better. My cough's gone. Can I come? No, you got to stay home. Um, so I'm glad to be here with you. We are finishing up our Miracles series. Um, it's so exciting. Man, God did work through these last few weeks. Um, and I, I'm so grateful that the, the miracles didn't stop when Jesus stopped walking the earth, but they actually continue on. Um, and I just want to share some stories with you. We have our friend Michaela. My friend Michaela, she can be y'all's friend too, but she's a part of my life group. Um, and I do have permission to share this story. She knows. Um, but she, we, we were meeting up on Saturdays, and one Saturday she couldn't come, and she's like, man, my, I'm in so much pain in my legs that I actually can't go to work. So I can't meet up with you. Um, I've had to call in. We don't know what's going on. I'm going to go to the doctor, see what's going on. So followed up with her, and I said, hey, can you come to church, and you got to get prayer. So she comes on a Sunday. She gets prayed over. Um, I follow up with her the next day, and I say, hey, how's it going? She goes, man, I'm feeling better, actually, like, less pain, and so I'm really grateful. Thank you so much for praying for me. So weeks pass, and then I, you know, I forget to check in, but this past week at Life Group, I check in on her, and I said, hey, what happened to your legs? And she goes, oh, there's no pain. There's no pain whatsoever. Not medicine did it. Not any rest did it, but God did it. Can we give a clap of praise for that miracle? She was swinging her legs going, man, I feel so much better. I get to go to work. And so um, that's one story. We have one story from our children's director, Aisa. And so Aisa has, uh, she's on baby number three, trying to see if she'll give birth tomorrow because that's my birthday. And I'm like, hey, but, you know, we want to wait. I don't want to be selfish. But she's, I said, I heard a miracle happened in your life. And she said, it did. And we're going to pause for a dramatic effect so I can get a new microphone. All right. Ooh, we're here. Dramatic effect. Ooh, yes. Okay, here we go. We're pausing or unpause the story. So I, I said, what's your story? And she said, man, I had John Mark, my first one, and there was a little bit of complication. We found out that I, my blood doesn't clot. And so worked that out. The second uh, pregnancy happened with Abigail, and she was in the hospital in and out for about a month and a half. Abigail is born premature. Um, there's, there's so many complications where I, there's a chance they may not make it. There's fear. There's all kinds of things. But thank God, they both make it. Abigail is full of joy. Um, and so she's here. And then the third one comes. And can you imagine? There's probably a little bit of fear with the third one. I've been in and out of the hospital. I'm not sure what to do. I mean, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust and believe. I know that her and Will were full of faith and praying. So this third one comes, and she has a two out of three chance of the same thing happening to her again. The doctors are getting ready. They're, hey, it's probably not going to look good. You know, we're getting ready. You'll probably be in the hospital. You're going to deliver early, all the things. So they pray and believe. Our church family gathers around them, and she becomes the one in three. 
She doesn't have what they thought she would have before. She actually gets delivered the way she wants to. The baby's coming full term. That's something to praise God about. Amen? God is doing miracles in our church. And if you have a miracle story, we want to hear about it. So post it on your Instagram. We got the QR code. Scan that, and it leads you to our Connect card where we actually praise with you. We want to praise with you for those miracles. And if you're believing for miracles, we want to believe for you with those miracles. Amen? All right. So John... 11, 1 through 45 is where we're going to be today. Finishing up our series, John 11, 1 through 45. It's a lot of scripture, but it's good scripture. So we're going to read it all today. And we'll go ahead and get started. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days later in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. Are you going back there again? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble. Excuse me. If he doesn't, if anyone walks in the day, Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking a rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So Thomas called the twins, said to the fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and he is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When, Ju when the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. 
Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on the account of the people standing around me, that they may believe that you have sent me. When he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out with his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Can we pray, church? Lord, I thank you so much that you are here in this place. I thank you that you have a word for us, God. Lord, I pray that our eyes, our ears, our hearts would be open for what you have to say in your name. Amen. I had just broken down. I had the biggest confession of my life. I was full of shame and the tears were flowing down my eyes. Have you ever sobbed before? And I mean like this deep, crunching sob, the wailing kind? I do. I had it. The football game was on. I do remember. The Chiefs had just kicked a field goal. There were children playing upstairs, laughing, and everything at once became silence, even my own tears. And as clear as day, I heard Jesus ask, do you believe? If you're taking notes today, I want you to title it that, do you believe? John 11 is an amazing story as we just read. It's so beautiful and full of faith. And I want to share with you some observations that I made while reading that I believe are going to help us continue on living a life of believing God for miracles. The first one that I want to step into are that miracles are not for us. It's not for us. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not for us. That's right. Thank you. I told you I like to talk, you know. It's not for us. Verse 11 says, but when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death, for it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Sure, miracles happen to us. Like, we need healing, and we need provision. We need reconciliation. Yeah, that's for us. But it really, it's not about us. It's so that God can continue to get all the glory and praise and honor. The miracles that I shared earlier were not just fun stories so I could share with you about how somebody was broken and now they're not, but it's to share with you that God is still living and active, that he may get glorified through it. 
So I want to ask you the question of, is there a miracle that you're believing for? Is there a miracle that has happened in your life? And how are you going to give God the glory through it? It's all for his glory. Another observation I made is it's God's timing and not ours. God's timing and not ours. That is frustrating. Honestly, I'm impatient. I suffer from the, like, the Eve thing where she just was impatient and she ate the apple anyways. She could have waited on God and all the things. That's me. I want to do everything in my time. And God, I need you to come here right now, and I need you to work for me. But as we read in verse 5, it says, Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. He loved them. And we have this idea that if we love somebody, if you love me, you're going to come for me when I call right now. But Jesus loved Mary and Martha. And when did he come to them? Two days after, he sent, after they sent word. Two days. Jesus, if you loved me, you would come right now. I'm sure that's what they were thinking. Our, our, our brother is dying. You love me. You will come right now. But it's Jesus' timing, all in his timing. One thing that I loved, I grew up in, um, like, when I was growing up, when I said that. When I grew up, I, I went to, like, an old black Baptist church, you know. That's where I get the talk back from. And so they would have all these sayings. And let me test you to see if you know, okay. I'm going to say this and see if you can fill it in the blank. All right. God is good and all the time. Oh, that's good. I love that. I love that. I understand that phrase. You know, God is good all the time. I get it. One phrase I did not understand when my mom would say it or my grandma would say it is, he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. Come on, Rob. He's always on time. How frustrating is that? That he may not come when I want him, but he's always on time? That can't be. But when you look at, at time, you realize that God is so grand that he actually created time. So he's not just, he's not bound by time, but he moves on his own timeline. So honestly, whenever he shows up, he's on time. And it's still frustrating, but that's got to bring some relief. That as you're waiting, as you're, you're in the midst of waiting, you're pacing around, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? When God shows up, is going to be the perfect time. So even though he waited two days, it was a perfect time. I love this, this, this waiting of two days because it, it, can, it probably brought some confusion to Mary and Martha. What's happening? Why is God, why is Jesus not around? But I love that this teaches us because Jesus still showed up. He came in his perfect timing. It teaches us that his delay is not denial. Even though Jesus may take his own time because it's, it's perfect timing, it does not mean that he was never going to show up, that he's not there. So I want to encourage you today, if you are waiting, if you've been waiting forever and you feel like, man, the timeline is up, it's over for me, there's no more for me, that God can still show up, that he can still move. It's not a, delay, it's not a denial. It may just be a little delay. And I find that encouraging because his, his timing is perfect. Another thing that I saw was his ways are not our ways. And this was, this kind of goes with his timing being perfect. But God's ways are not our ways. Why, is, why do I say this? Well, in verse 7, it says, Then after this, he said to his disciples, 
let us go to Judea again. So they were once there, and he was, Jesus in John chapter 9, he goes and heals the blind man. We heard about that story. In chapter 10, he actually is talking to a crowd with Jews in, in the crowd as well. And he starts talking about how he is the good shepherd, how, how y'all are, how we're his sheep and that we will follow him. And he makes these bold statements that the Jews do not approve of. Who is this man claiming that he's the Messiah? Who is this man claiming that he is the Lord? So they actually pick up stones and they want to kill him. So before they could throw their stones, Jesus and his disciples escape. But in chapter and verse 7, he says, let's go again. And rightly so, this is how the disciples respond. Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. Are we going there again? Jesus, I was about to die, and you want to go there again? How confusing. But when we know that his ways are greater and they're not our ways, it does lead us to confusion to go back. And maybe God calls us to go back to see a miracle, to see what can be done. He's calling us back into parenting, back into loving the spouse, back into loving your neighbor, back into loving that coworker, back to that job where you're like, no, I was done. They tried to kill me. I have every reason to disown them. But God calls them back so that he could do a greater miracle than they had seen before. His ways are not our ways. Mary and Martha. Could you imagine how confused they were? Because they sent word and Jesus' response was, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that man can be glorified. But as we keep reading, Lazarus has actually already died. Mary and Martha are sitting there going, I thought this wasn't going to lead to death. He, are you sure you reported it right? Is that exactly what Jesus said, that it wouldn't lead to death when we're going to bury him and put him in a tomb? God's ways are mysterious and they're not our ways. Point number four that I saw is that we have to be honest. We have to be honest. And the honesty here that I see from Mary and Martha is so beautiful. In verse 20, it says, I'm sorry. In verse 17, he comes. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had been dead for, in the tomb for four days. So here they are. He's dead. They're in the midst of waiting, confused about God's ways because you said it wouldn't lead to death. But here he is. He's dead. Verse 20. When Mary, when, so when Martha had heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd had been here, my brother would not have died. Do you know what honesty that would take? This is their teacher, their rabbi, their messiah. She knows who he is, and so she's this, this honest. And there's some people here that's like, you can't talk to God that way. He can't. No, he is, he's too worthy. He's too holy. And that's true, but he already knows what you're thinking. He knows where your heart is already. 
you can be honest with him. And honestly, it's not for you. It's, it's not for him. It's for you. So you can know what you believe, where you stand. Lord, if, if you had been here, my faith is depleted because if you had been here, Jesus. But I love that at the moment where she's fighting with this Lord, you, if you had been here, she comes back with these beautiful faith-filled words. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. There's a tension, and it's beautiful, and Jesus, Jesus responds with her, responds to her. Your brother will rise again. Martha saying, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. We're going to come back to what that really means, or we're going to come back to that statement. And then you have Mary who comes out and runs, and she has the same honest moment, falling at his feet, depleted of faith. Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if you'd had been here, I love the honesty in the moment that God gets to respond. Jesus responds to where their belief is. I opened up with a story, um, and I want to tell you the rest of the story. I didn't forget. I didn't want to leave you. But I, um, I started counseling a few weeks ago, and my teacher, my teacher, my counselor was talking about how I have I have the wrong glasses on how I need new glasses so I can see the world differently. And I needed a new belief because there's something in me that doesn't believe the truth. There's some, some lie that I'm believing. And so I was like, okay, we're going to get new glasses. Cool, cool, cool. And so I'm writing this sermon and I um, go to, I live with our youth directors. So if you have kids and the youth, oh man, they're in great hands. Um, but I live with them and we're talking about this. So we are talking about I asked the big question, why do you think Jesus wept? And so it goes into this whole story. Um, and then I end up saying, hey, you know what? I, um, I don't think I have a miracle story. Like, I don't have, like, a grand one. I don't have healing. I don't have really anything. And Erica looks at me and says, um, yeah, you do, living with us. That's a whole miracle. And I was like, I guess, but it's not that great. Um, and so then she begins to break, it thing, break things down for me. And I said, sure, yeah, that makes sense. And so Jarvis asked a question. He said, man, didn't God give you, like, the vision that you would be debt-free? And I said, yeah. And he said, so are you debt-free? And I said, no. I still pay every month. I'm not debt-free. So then he so lovingly breaks things down, and he's like, if God said it and his word won't return void, and then you can bank on that. So it's already happened. So are you debt-free? No, because I still pay, and it comes out of my bank account, and yeah, I'm not debt-free. So then we begin to break things down. He goes even further and uses scripture and all of these things. Hey, Jaron, you know, this is where it says here and we're here. God, you have, do you have the faith? And you have to have the faith to believe even if you can't see it. So that's what true faith is, is even though you can't see it, you still believe it and all these things. And so he breaks it down. And he said, Jaron, are you debt free? And I said, I know the good Christian answer is yes. Whew. But I don't believe it. So then we sat in a minute and I sat for a moment and I said, you know, I don't have a problem believing for my church. 
Will my church be huge and have a building? Yes, we'll be on UTSA Boulevard and we'll, we'll preach the word and people will come to know Christ and it'll be beautiful and it'll be amazing. Yeah, I believe that, full of faith. Do I believe that the campus ministry will grow and students will start discipling students and that I'll be out of a job because they're killing it? Yes, I believe that. But do I believe that God cares about anything else aside from his ministry? I don't know about that. And I'm willing to be poor. You know, I'm willing for the sake of the call, for the sake of the kingdom. But there was this lie. Why would God care about anything else if it doesn't have anything to do with his ministry growing? And I sat and I said, whoa, I've never said that before. You, you can't say those words and be here. You can't say these words and be a campus minister on the campus. You can't say you don't believe. And so I, I took it in until they got it out of me. And Jarvis said, man, what I hear is that you don't truly believe that he cares about all of you. And clear as day, Jaren, I heard that's why Jesus wept. Jesus wept because you don't believe him and all that he is. And I wailed. I mean, I sobbed. I was, oh. Oh, it came from the gut of everything I had because there was something breaking, something moving. I didn't believe. And there was a moment of being able to sit with God and say, I'm so sorry. I know I've seen you move before. I'm so sorry I didn't believe that you are not only a provider, but you are provision. I'm sorry that I didn't believe that you not only heal, but you are the healer. And there was this real moment, just like here, when Jesus talks to Martha, and he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And Martha's response was, yes, Lord. I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. And I had my own moment where I was crying and everything was silenced around me. And I said, Jesus, I'm sorry that I didn't believe. I'm sorry that I didn't see that you are everything you say that you are. And everything got so quiet. And I heard Jesus say, do you believe? And wildly enough, crazy, miraculous, there was a switch that said, I have no choice. God, I believe that you are who you say that you are. I believe that if you made a promise that it'll come as it, it'll come, Jesus. I believe you see, I think that that's what Jesus actually wants to get across here. He's talking to his disciples and he's telling them, hey, do you believe? He's talking to Mary and Martha. He asked them, do you believe? And we keep on going to when Jesus says, take, them, take me to the tomb. And they take him to the tomb. And Jesus says, take the stone away. And Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead for four days. There was some opposition. Lord, I don't know. God, it stinks. I'm not sure. And Jesus responds. And I don't think, I know that I read this story, and I, I read it as like, oh, Jesus says, take me to the tomb. And Jesus, he's so nice and calm, and he's, yeah, he's patient, Jesus. 
But I think that there was something in him that was so frustrated, not with the people, but with the fact that they couldn't see who he was. Hey, I'm right here. I have already healed. You've seen me move. Do you not see? And he responds, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Church, do we not believe? Has he not said it that if we believe, we would see his glory? I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're looking at and saying, I'm not sure this mountain is a little bit too big for me. But God is saying, did I not tell you that you would see the glory of God if you would believe? The last thing that I saw is that even in our belief, even when we are honest, even when we trust in his timing and we trust in his ways are being higher than our ways, we still have to act and we still have to obey. God doesn't just drop things at our door. Sometimes he does, but sometimes he wants us to walk with him. He wants to give us steps. He says this when he says, lead me to the tomb, and they actually have to take him to the tomb. Take away the stone, and they took away the stone. Jesus then heals Lazarus. He says, Lazarus, come out. And Jesus doesn't touch Lazarus. He gives him a command to come out, and Lazarus moves. And he gives the people around him a command to unbind him. You get off. You take the bindings off of him. You move in this. So miracles don't just fall on us and God doesn't give us. He just says, okay, here it is. But sometimes there is obedience and action that God is calling us to do. So our action step for today that I want to challenge us with is the question of do you believe? Do you believe that God is who he said that he is, that Jesus is who he said he is? Do you believe? Maybe God has made a promise or he's given you vision or something. He's, he said restoration would happen, and that was 10 years ago, and you haven't seen it. It's kind of fallen off. Bring it back into mind. God, you said that this would happen, and I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sure if I believe, but help my unbelief. I want to take a step forward in belief today, God. I want to trust you because I've seen what you've done in the past, and I know that you are faithful to do it even now. John 11 is one of the last miracles that Jesus does. And this is a, a buildup to the grand finale. After Jesus raises Lazarus and he comes out of the grave, Jews were around. And some put their faith and trust in Jesus. And some saw this man as a Pharisee, as somebody that's, oh, you're heretical, we don't like you, we want you to die. So then they would take Jesus, they sent word off and they arrested Jesus and he would go and pay the ultimate price for you and for me. We go back to verse four, I believe. When Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified through it. This is how it works that, that Lazarus died and was resurrected so Jesus could die. So that God, the Son of God, can be glorified through it. Jesus lived a perfect life. 
he healed, he spoke the truth. He would make bold claims because he is the son of God, because he is the Messiah. He was the one coming into the world. And they didn't like that. They didn't like that this man was speaking because they had this vision of who Jesus would be and this guy was not the Messiah. So they arrested him, they beat him, they tortured him and then they hung him on a cross. And Jesus would, would die on that cross for you, for me, for our sin, our guilt and shame. Because the Bible says, curse is the one who hangs on the cross. But Jesus did it so that we would know and that we would believe in him. He died. They took him down and they buried him in a tomb. But that wasn't it. Three days later, he would rise again, proving that he is the son of God. Proving that he not only has the power to resurrect, but he is the resurrection life. For anyone who would believe in that, there is eternal life for you. There is freedom for you. There is healing for you. There are new glasses for you. So that you would see Jesus. You would see this world in the way that he calls it. I love this quote by Spurgeon. It says, we should have said that the sickness was unto death, but ultimately the glory of God. But he who sees the end from the beginning streaks with a grandeur of style, which could not be imitated by us. So the Lord speaks of things not as they seem to be, nor even as they are in the present moment, but as they shall be in the long run. Church, would you stand with me? I want to take this moment for anybody who's not made made that confession of faith that I believe that Jesus is the son of God I believe that he died for my sin guilt and shame and if if that's you we're gonna boldly pray this prayer and then at the end of service come and let us pray with you so that we may know who you are we're gonna go ahead and bow our heads and if everybody could repeat after me, Jesus, I thank you that you are the son of God. I believe that you lived, you died, and you rose again so that I would know you and be known by you. Today, I surrender all that I am for all that you are. Amen.